listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real-life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Well, hello there. We are going to be talking about easy outdoor speech therapy activities that you can do with your preschool and elementary speech therapy caseload. If you are working through June or you are in private practice and you're working throughout the summer or you're working extended school year or summer school, this this episode is for you. Um, I when the when the weather turns nice, I love to get outside because usually around the time when it starts to warm up, I have been cooped up and feeling bogged down by paperwork and assessments, and I want to just get refreshed and remember why I love the job. So when the weather is nice, I like to get outside when I can. Maybe not with every single group that I see, but I try to get, you know, a few groups outside at a time so that I can get out into the sun, get some vitamin D, um, change things up for everybody involved. And so I'm going to give you some really fun, easy activities that you can do to celebrate the end of the year. Even these could be your end of the year speech therapy activities. So I don't know about you all, but where I live, it can get hot. I live in California, Northern California, And despite what people think, it's not always 75 degrees everywhere. It does get hot. So like I said, that's why sometimes it doesn't work because I am not going to take my afternoon groups outside when it's 100 degrees. Um, Unless, you know, if it's about 90 and there's some shady trees outside, you could definitely do some speech. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to give you several ideas that you can use. You don't have to use all of them. They're just to get your creative juices flowing. And before we jump into those outdoor speech therapy activities, I wanted to let you know that if you are working summer school, I have an extended school year push-in lesson plan bundle that has everything that you need between between like parent newsletters to send home, a Google slide presentation, small group activities that you can use for co-teaching and your small groups. Um, And there's five themes. So it would cover you a theme a week and it takes the lesson planning off your plate so that you can just enjoy summer school. Likewise, if you are working through June because you live in the East Coast, I feel like all you East Coasters go till the end of June, or you're in private practice and you love using a theme-based approach, the Theme Therapy SLP membership has themes for June and July that are pets, beach, food, water activity, ice cream, and we are adding sports to the July month. So if you're interested in that, the links to those resources will be in the show notes. All right, so let's talk about outdoor speech therapy activities that you can do. Now, I love doing an I Spy nature walk. You can plan it so that you you make some, you get some toilet paper rolls and you make some binoculars in one of your sessions. And then the next session, you go out on your I Spy nature walk. And I have a blog post on that and I will link it. Um, another fun thing to do, and that's a twist on the I Spy nature walk, is to do a bug hunt. So you could just go out 
with a magnifying glass and your binoculars and you can go look for different bugs. If you're if you're worried that we won't see any bugs, you can always get some bug figurines and sprinkle them around you know, the grass and the kids can go find them. So I will link to some bug figurines that I really like that are pretty affordable, but you can work on, you know, plural markers, making comments, staying with your group, you know, initiating, Hey, look at this. Um, you can also bring out a ruler and you can measure different elements in, in nature that you see or you can use, I have a free I Spy speech and language activity. You can take that outside that you can do the outdoor one and go outside and even coach parents for how to get outside and do an I Spy hunt. So I will link those resources in the show notes as well. And so the next fun thing that you can do is you can go outside and play games like Red Light, Green Light. Um, I'm trying to think what other games would be really, really fun to do. I would say red light, green light's great for, you can adapt it for stop, go. You could change it to have their speech sound. So they could say red light, green light, but it would be something with one of their speech words. You can also do this as an end of the year activity and get one of those bubble machines and have the kids play red light, green light, but with bubbles. Whenever the bubbles get turned on, they get to walk. Um, you can talk about fast and slow, you know, think about how you could play that game outside um, and meet your student's speech and language goals. One thing that I really love to do, especially if I see students twice a week or I'm trying to stretch a theme, is I will plan a more structured lesson and then have a naturalistic lesson the next time. So, for example, if I was going to use red light, green light, I would, the first session, I would maybe talk about traffic signals and try to find some books about traffic or transportation and why we need traffic lights. And then we would do maybe if it was a younger class and we're doing a whole class lesson, I would either do a traffic light craft or we would do a graham cracker stoplight craft, or I would do something related to what we were learning with transportation. And then the next session, we would maybe review the book really quickly and then go outside and play red light, green light. And so that's just an example of breaking things up so that you're inside one day and then the next day you get to get outside. Um, so another fun thing that I like to do, this is probably my favorite craft to do for that you can adapt for your whole caseload because it's another one of those types of crafts where you can teach a lot of speech and language skills or adapt it for a lot of different goals while you're making the craft. And then you get to take it outside and do cool things with it. And that is my windsock craft. So I'm going to link that in, in the show notes, the blog post. But what's cool about a windsock craft is it's not too much prep. You can teach kids what a windsock craft is for your older kids. You could actually teach it as a science type of lesson. Um, with your younger kids, you have this blank canvas of the, the construction paper to glue speech words or language words. They can draw a picture scene. They could You could show them different real photos and have them write sentences on the paper. And then they get to use that paper and turn it into a windsock craft. So I have done this with all sorts of kids. I've done it for 
a whole class lesson. I've done it for, I, I use it every year. And thankfully I've been at different schools that it feels like this cool novel thing. Um, and I remember one year, uh, a couple years, actually, I did this with some self-contained classrooms and we then went outside and we worked on go stop because you could run the windsock craft. You can twirl it around. You can play follow the leader where one kid gets to, to show the friends what they're going to do. And then everyone has to copy what their action is. So you can work on verb actions. You can work on racing your windsock craft and you can do ready, set, go. So there's a lot of ways to adapt this with AAC devices and when trying to hit those core words as well as social communication like let's do it again this is fun um look at my look at my windsock all that kind of stuff so that would be if you're kind of crafty or you're kind of going okay let me try this craft idea out um it you can even get some staff involved but all you need is construction paper uh string and streamers or strips of paper and that's it. That's it. And it's not, it's not a lot of prep. You can, if you're doing a whole class lesson, you may even get the staff um, involved and they can help with that as well. So another thing that I love to do that I sometimes think we forget is an option. You might have to check with your administration to see if it's okay, but using sidewalk chalk, because you know, you don't want to be drawing up the whole school with chalk and then they're like, who's doing that? So check with your admin to see if it's okay, but you can go outside and do uh, therapy outside. I want to say I did a blog post on chalk many, many years ago, and hopefully I did. Cause if it's, if you go to the show notes, if you see a link for a blog post, then I did. Um, but you can do all sorts of activities. You don't even have to have kids drawing on the chalk. You can be the one that, that draws the hopscotch or draws the squares. And maybe they have to, you know, hop around or whatever game you're going to do. You can do beanbag toss with the chalk squares to see who gets points. Um, of course, they can also draw and you can have them do, you know, different activities like that with chalk. If you go on Pinterest, there's always cool stuff that people have to say about chalk to get more ideas. All right. Are you still with me? We got we got some, a few more activities, more, more, a little, bit more, little more than a few. Um, okay, so playground. Use your school's playground. You can get a beach ball at Dollar Tree and have kids go around the playground, putting the beach ball at different spots, like at the top of the slide, then they get to slide down and the beach ball's at the bottom, put it in the middle of the bridge. You can work on a lot of spatial concepts. Um, you could do an obstacle course to work on first, second, last those verb actions, you know, you can work on basic concepts up, down, you know, through, you can get outside and play, you know, you can just use the playground as your therapy tool to, to, to cover lots of stuff. Um, my next suggestion is doing bubbles. I know we do bubbles a lot in the speech room. Why not take it outside? And I remember um, doing a whole class lesson, and I think we did this towards the end of the year. Um, with one of my self-contained classrooms and we had all the kids line up on the wall and we had a bubble machine and we said, if you're wearing shorts, go pop bubbles. And then we would turn the bubble machine on. So the kids that were wearing shorts got to go pop bubbles. And then they went back. If you're a girl, go pop some bubbles. So we played some games like that. You could, like I said, you could play red light, green light. Um, you could even, 
say, you know, try to come up with some structured ways that you can give kids turns to pop bubbles. It works. You can work on waiting. You can work on all the, the language and vocabulary that we, we target when we use bubbles, but think of it as like, think about ways that you could use this, um, with a whole class lesson or how you could adapt it for outside. So I will link my blog post on using bubbles in speech therapy, because there's some really cool ideas for even using bubbles with your upper elementary students, uh, that I got from Natalie Snyder's. I linked that in, in, the, in my blog post with some of her ideas. So that was really cool. Um, Okay. You can also, if you're, so if you're at the getting towards the end of the year and you're going, I have so much paperwork and things to do, consider at least for some of your self-contained classrooms where you see a large number of students, start reaching out to your teachers and seeing if you could plan whole class lessons. If you haven't already been doing that, because then you could see all your kids and you can start to try out push-in therapy if you've been a little bit hesitant to do it. And it's during the end of the school year when kids are feeling a little squirrely. And this is a great time to just try out stuff. And so one of those things that you could do is you could plan some relay races or little challenges that would maybe target basic concepts, WH questions, spatial concepts, working with a team. You can, after you do the relay race, you could highlight some tier two vocabulary or have kids explain the process for what they did during the relay race. So you can really think outside the box here and get some really good naturalistic speech and language practice in. Um, my other idea is just bring your toys outside. <laughs> do therapy at a picnic table or in the grass with a, with a blanket and just consider getting outside with some of your kids, um, or using the basketball courts. I remember I had one student who loved the basketball court and he loved basketball. And so we went outside and we did some therapy with, with the basketball. The other fun thing that could be, you could either do it with what you already have, or you could go like next level is to plan a picnic. And you could do this with small groups, or you could do this as a whole class lesson. And you could even plan this out for a couple of weeks, like your whole class lesson. You could talk about, hey, guys, let's plan a picnic. Who do we want to invite? When are we going to do this? Where are we going to do this picnic? What activities are we going to do after we eat our food? Who's going to bring food? All that kind of stuff. You could plan it out and really work on those WH questions. Um, making invitations if you wanted to invite someone. The, the kids could even help with writing out the letter to send to parents for them to bring in food. Or you could just use their own lunch. <laughs> you just tell the parents, bring a lunch and you're going to go outside and do therapy. Um, or you can do a pretend play picnic with the play food that you already have. You know, you could even tell the kids to bring their favorite stuffy and you can go outside and enjoy a picnic work on food categories, talk about which foods are fruits and vegetables, crunchy, sweet, all that stuff. Now, if your school has a garden, you can go visit the school's garden or you can plant flowers outside. Um, you know, and this is again, one of those things where you can lead up to doing that fun activity by building the background knowledge on the plant life cycle how plants grow, how bees pollinate different plants, uh, why are plants important? You know, all, you could do a whole unit on just gardening, 
how to's, and then the kids get to actually plant something and see it grow. So that's a great option. Or you can just go visit your school's garden and see what's blooming and, and target all sorts of language doing that. So my last idea, I'm sure there's plenty more I could have thought of, but I figured I needed to cut things off here. Um, my last idea is to get some pool noodles from the Dollar Tree and go outside and play pool noodle tag. So you can cut it at them in half and have the pool. They can only tag kids by touching them with the pool noodle. There is probably a lot of other ways you could use pool noodles. If you search on Pinterest, pool noodle activities, you will definitely get a lot of different ideas. So, so check that, check that out on Pinterest and see if there's something that sparks your interest. Um, so just to recap the, this whole episode is filled with ideas for how you can take speech therapy outdoors. And I know sometimes we get worried about, am I going to get enough trials in therapy? Um, is this activity set up so that I can get enough trials for their speech or language goals for it to make a difference? And I just want to remind you that as the end of the year comes, we got to find ways to keep our students engaged. They're wiggly. They're having a hard time paying attention. They want the activities to be meaningful. And so you got to think through this, that we are building background knowledge we're helping them sustain their attention. So they're going to be way more into the activity than if we were just holding up flashcards. You're going to feel more refreshed trying something a little bit different. And you're going to have some, you know, buy-in from the teachers when they see you planning some of these activities that maybe next year you can continue to do some of that push-in uh, support. And you might have a little bit more fun. And you'll start to see how you can adapt lessons, naturalistic lessons to hit a lot of goals that are going to be meaningful to your students. And the cool thing about some of these activities is that after you do them, the next time you can re you can have the kids retell what they did. Like if you went on the nature hawk, the nature hawk, the nature walk, um, the next session, you guys could actually draw out the things that they saw in the nature walk or work on story retell about what they did during the nature walk and what they saw. So there's there's a lot of ways to do this hands-on activity and then extend it for the for the next session that you have with your students or or do it again. If the kids were digging it, well, if they love the beach ball prepositions on the playground, well, next time add a little twist, maybe bring out a pool noodle instead and do the same thing. Or the next time do an obstacle course and maybe you're going to do another obstacle course, but you're going to switch things up or you're going to have it be a minute to win it challenge. Just think a little bit outside the box on how you can do the same activity and switch it up just a little bit so that they feel like it's novel and fun, but it's pretty much the same activity. Those are my favorite kinds of things. So, all right, SLPs, remember, if you need language lesson plans for summer school, that's linked in the episode, as well as the link to the Theme Therapy SLP membership if you want to check that out. As always, SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see, and I will talk with you all next week.
Thank you.